bottom line. Good day, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to the bottom line. I am excited to um, dive into this one by myself with you guys. Uh, stay tuned to this one. Do, do not check out when it gets a little hot in the kitchen. Um, when it challenges your theology or your history or the way you think of, or maybe even the way you like content to be delivered to you. Uh, point of view let's stretch the imagination in the mind a little bit let's become a little pliable a little bit tougher in our skin thickness to maybe consider that there are some things out there that we haven't considered or maybe that the battle is in fact not the one that's right in front of our face but maybe one that is a little bit more nefarious a little bit deeper older right Nothing, in fact, is new, says Scripture, right? We can learn from history. Uh, we can learn from our own history. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, is, in fact, the definition of insanity, which culture seems to have walked away from. Insanity, the thing called insanity, the mentally deranged, the, 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 the condition of the mind that does not quite function the way it's supposed to. Now, today, all things go. All things apparently are good. Or should I say in the latter days, they'll call good evil and evil good. Unless you stand up for real truth today, absolute truth, well then that's not good, but it is. Stick with it. It will be there in the end, I promise you. You will actually be picking the winning horse, if you understand what I'm saying, if you read the book the best book and you read the end of the book so i want to talk about a couple of things when we talk in hyperbole at times or we talk in general terms about it's a spiritual battle it's a physical yeah, there's a physical component to every battle you feel it. it it you may physically feel it you feel it emotionally you experience it you experience hardship Good times, tougher times. It's real. It does manifest. What happens in the spirit manifests in the physical. I want you to get that concept. Abandoning the conversation about the spirit is, is lunacy. Because that's truly where things shift. So, I've been tracking a couple things. Let's go back a little bit. I don't know. I didn't tell you this. Can you do me a favor, Rebecca? Can you pull up an image, just say from 2020, just say uh, Chaz Chop, American Cities on Fire. Let's see what comes up. I just want to see what comes up real quick. American Cities on Fire 2020. Just two images. Let's see. Uh-oh. Wow. Is that a movie or is it the apocalypse? Uh, let's zoom in on one of those, please, Rebecca. Pick any one of those. The guy with his hands up in the air, you know. Okay. The news, the press, told you that this is peaceful. Peaceful protest. Nothing to see here. All good. Yaku, this is old news. No, no, no. Stay with me now. There was a human condition in the mind of that person 
that felt like it was okay to set a building on fire. His truth had so shifted that he could not see straight, that reality was no longer reality, that the people that he walked with told him that this is the new norm. This is okay. And, and to go beyond it, you can call it peaceful. So let's jump to something else. Let's go to a word, calamity. Now, this is current. This is not Chaz and Chop in 2020. No, this is 2023. And I would say this is so current, it may be the first time that you've heard this. And I'm certain because this was a download, literally a spiritual download from God to a condition that you've seen, but we didn't know what to call it. Calamity, the word, English word. Rebecca, I'd love for you to pull the root of that word. Go to the Greek for me of calamity as well. But let's read this first. Calamity, an event causing great and often sudden damage or distress, a disaster. The journey had led to calamity and ruin. Right? Okay, let's go to the Greek on calamity, please, if you would. Why the Greek? Because it's older than English. And we can go to the Hebrew as well. Let's look at Latin and Greek. Latin and language, nobody speaks anymore. That's how old it is. Calamity comes from a Latin noun, calamitas, meaning damage or disaster. So we're still true to the word. All right. Let's talk about calamity for a second. Have you seen calamity in America recently, whether it's an image of Chaz and Chop? Have you seen calamity possibly in your family, meaning disaster, destruction, destruction of marriage, destruction of relationships? Well, let me tell you why I'm bringing up calamity. We've identified a spiritual condition Particularly in Gen Z, Generation Z, the 20s. And the net result, what we have found, is that the spirit of calamity, the spirit of calamity is loose, particularly in the body of believers, in the church, in Gen Z. Those who would say, I'm Gen Z, and I'm a Christian. I'm Gen Z. I go to church. I'm Gen Z. I am trying to be a good person. The spirit of calamity is loose, particularly targeting and attacking those communities. Yaku, what are you talking about? I told you in the beginning of the show, I'm going to challenge you. Yes, Satan and his spirits do attack. Yes, they roam the earth to find a foothold for someone who will give them a dwelling place, a home. Scripture tells you when you drive a demon out of somebody and it is not, and that person is not filled with Jesus, that demon is coming back bringing seven friends. So calamity is a spirit that is attacking Gen Z to find a host, someone who will come in agreement with that spirit inside the church, particularly inside the church. Just like I showed you in 2020 with a city burning down, with people setting cities on fire, saying, this is normal. That's confusion. That's deceit. 
They're deceived. They're not walking in reality. Calamity has now gone and is attacking the believer. Why? To bring destruction to a body of believers that are functioning. To create disunity. To rip apart. To do what? To slow down any progress inside the kingdom of God or any progress inside protecting life, protecting liberty and justice for all, protecting children from sex trafficking. So that spirit we are now finding in churches. We're finding it in Christian non-government organizations. We're finding that spirit where it will come in with somebody who does not even necessarily know that they're hosting it. So what does it look like normally? It normally manifests in a victim mentality. It manifests with its partner, the orphan spirit. It manifests with its partner, the spirit of accusation. So I'm going to ask you in your company, in your household, in your church, in your leadership, in your youth group, have you seen the following? Words such as the following, spiritual abuse, toxic environment. The the environment is too demanding. It demands excellence. Calamity hates excellence. It wants to destroy excellence. It wants mediocrity. It wants to implode and erode. If a church a Christian worship band, a company that's a for-profit company that's not a church, that's just run by Christian men and women. If it's functioning, you hear me today, calamity is looking for an opportunity to infiltrate that place and destroy it. It's a particular spirit roaming the earth, coming for places where the Word of God is lived out in compassion and love and unconditional love where people are actually trying to be for profit and for good make an impact or a non-profit for good reaching across those that do not believe to those that do not believe what we believe to be the good samaritan those houses businesses houses of worship of prayer is dangerous to Satan himself. Mark my words today. It's the same. We now have had four churches and ministries in the last week independently come and say, what is this? Some Gen Zer, sorry, not millennial, Gen Zer walks in and says, the environment is is too harsh. It's too tough. Uh, They're demanding excellence. Um, it's, It's, you know, It's spiritual abuse. Now, here's the key, though. The individual uttering the words do not know what they're saying. They're, in fact, being deceived by a spirit. Because the truth is the spirit looks for someone who's vulnerable inside the organization, looks for someone who has been abused, who has been an orphan, who has been victimized, who has been marginalized, who has been pushed out to the fringes, someone who's not doing really well at the moment he's looking for someone who's on down on one knee and then attaches himself and comes into agreement and plays into the victimhood mentality the orphan spirit the spirit of accusation accusing others but look at what they're doing 
using the blame game, looking for somebody that would not see it for what it is. Devastating. Divisive. So as I am fighting against that spirit, I have got incredible compassion for the one who's carrying it, who's in agreement with it and not know it. But it's divisive. So how do you tackle this thing? Well, for that, you're going to have to wait until the end of this break because I want to tell you how you tackle it in God's way. But first, I want to talk about Patriot Mobile. Thank you very much, Patriot Mobile. Christian conservative cell phone network, please check them out. Go to patriotmobile.com. Mention the bottom line, get free activation. Patriot Mobile will now buy you out of your cell phone contract no matter where you are. And you are going to get excellent cell phone service because they now use all the major towers and they're going to take the money you pay for your cell phone service and they're going to repurpose it by investing into proactive, life-giving, God-honoring, pro-American initiatives such as going to the border with us to help save lives, children's lives, or initiatives on the border to feed the hungry or to help the right people get into office, changing school boards, getting rid of subjective uh, uh, material material that is coercing and grooming children in the classroom. They are fighting across the board. So please check out Patriot Mobile uh, or you can dial 972-PATRIOT, mention the bottom line, and they will take care of you. Now, how do we tackle this spirit? If you identify this in a person, do you attack the person? No. Your fight is not against the person. The person themselves very likely do not know that they've come into agreement with the spirit of accusation, with the orphan spirit, with the spirit of calamity. Most likely they'll tell you they don't have a personal desire to cause calamity. Most likely they'll tell you they've got a desire to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. But that's all of us. Every single person on planet Earth has a sign on their forehead that says, Make me feel important, meaning, do you see me? Am I loved? Am I valued? Am I recognized? The ultimate answer is yes, God loves you. He values you. He recognizes you. He created you. And yes, also, there are people that value you and see you. But that spirit wants you to believe that's not the case. Wants you to believe that you have to fight for it. You have to fight for love, position for acceptance, position for honor, position for power, right? So what do you do? You honor the person. You speak it. I'm seeing something happening here in your life, and the words that are coming out of your mouth, I know that you know better. I know that you can't possibly stand in agreement with that mindset, but yet you are. Have you heard of this spirit of calamity, a spirit that wants to divide you and me, that wants to divide an organization, that wants to steal, kill, and destroy from you, the one who's hosting it? Because, because like pornography or a drug... The one that gets hurt the most by consuming the drug and watching the porn is actually the one doing it. The one who hosts calamity is actually the one being destroyed the most. While thinking, well, I'm spewing venom 
intentionally, unintentionally, I, there's division that I'm sowing. They're the one being divided. Divided from what, ultimately? Purpose, opportunity, the organization, but being divided from God, separating themselves away from the bosom, the covering the heart of the Father. So is it complex? Yeah, a little bit to spot it, but I'll tell you it's repetitive. It's unimaginative. Satan can't create. He's an imitator. So it, you, it's consistent at least. So you can, you can see it. You can predict it. You can see it coming. So again, some buzzwords, spiritual abuse, excellence, as if it's a bad thing. Um, it's demanding. It's too tough. Um, the inability to agree to disagree, my way or the highway. Now, come on now, ladies. A lot of you are going to say, well, that's my husband. I'm not talking about your quibbles about where to go to dinner. I'm talking about what's happening in the spirit. Pay attention to it. Now, here's the big deal. If I'm speaking to you, and you are the one who's coming to agreement with the spirit of accusation, if you are a person who sees yourself as an orphan, like I'm abandoned, no one sees me, no one loves me, they don't want me, we would love to connect with you. We would love to pour into you. We would love to speak into your life. Because the fact is, you are not alone. The fact is that Satan is lying to you. That spirit is lying to you. If you find that you are actively engaging in causing division, be intellectually honest enough to at least recognize that, that you are in fact causing division, that you are in fact causing strife. I'm not here to blame you. I'm just saying see it for what it is and then understand just maybe it's not even your will. It's that you have forfeited your will. It's that you have come into an agreement with the Spirit. That you've given in to its ways, to the voices. Which voices are you listening to? It's important to ask those questions. Within human psychology, human behavioral science, we can learn something from our behavior, right? If we're willing to chart it and track it, I mean, it is, in fact, after all, still cause and effect, right? I don't recommend you jump off of a 20-foot building. You're probably going to break something. You can't be mad if you do. You did it. If you spew venom into a relationship, sow division, accuse, not willing to listen, not willing to take ownership of the conversation or the situation, you're probably going to have consequences that you're not going to like. And then you're going to come into agreement with the spirit of accusation and take no accountability and accuse the other. And it's the blame game and it's circular thinking. There is no result that ultimately benefits you, although it looks like it does because you're blaming someone else. But then again, this is the accountability hour in America on every single front are we willing to stand accountable ourselves change our ways surrender to god's ways immerse ourselves in his word so that what comes out of us is what we put into us that it would saturate us 
or believe the lie. Sow division. I will just tell you this. As you sow, you reap. And that is a biblical law. That not you, not me, and no earthly law can change. So if you sow division, you will be divided yourself. If you sow accusation, they'll accuse you. So this is a moment to take some stock to see calamity. Is it in your life? Are you causing it? Are you in agreement with it? Right? The orphan spirit, the spirit of accusation, and then the one that comes to destroy calamity. It is rampant in the church today. This is a warning for every single pastor. If you give that spirit, not the person, if you give that spirit territory, it's going to take it and it's going to destroy. It's going to cause major, major damage in relationships, which ultimately hurts the organization, the ministry, whatever it is you're doing. You cannot tolerate it. You cannot tolerate mediocrity. You cannot come into agreement that excellence is just too much. It's biblical. You cannot come into agreement that anytime there's any correction when done in love, that it's spiritual abuse. It's not spiritual abuse. Well, if someone who's a Christian corrects me, it's spiritual abuse. This is what I'm hearing all day long. Where, where do you find that? Where's the biblical reference for that? The biblical reference says, you who are a believer, you here, do not love if you don't correct. Now, there's a way to correct. Be a jerk about it. Or do it God's way. But we cannot on the receiving end of correction, right? And adjustments, an honest opinion, go, I, I, how dare you as a believer correct me? That's spiritual abuse. You're abusing your place as a spiritual voice in my life to tell me that I've done something wrong. Now, those who are the ones saying, hey, you did something wrong, let's first look in our own eyes Let's first remove the log in our own eyes before we go to another. And if we go to another, we do it in confidentiality, one-on-one. -on -one. Not blasting it on social media and ostracizing somebody because then you come into agreement with accusation. But it's not spiritual abuse. There is, of course, such a thing as spiritual abuse. Of course. Yeah. I mean, a, a third of sex trafficking victims uh, that are rescued in America today are victims of satanic ritual abuse. So sure, spiritual abuse does exist, but under what definition? Like, under what definition does a woman exist today? Right? That's my point exactly. We cannot be redefining these things because there's someone in your organization that's demanding it. Truth is truth. It's not fluid. The second you come into agreement with truth being fluid, you have lost, you're not losing your way, you've lost your way. Because where does it end? Where then does the spirit of accusation have an end? How would you ever know up from down? You would not. So to the pastors, watch out. It's roaming. 
in a way, it's an honor badge when it comes because it says something's working that Satan wants to destroy. But we don't want a ministry or a business destroyed, and I don't want a single life destroyed. I don't want a single life to come into agreement with calamity. I don't want a 21-year-old boy thinking, yeah, I should throw a rock through this window and set someone else's property on fire. I don't want a 23, 24-year-old to walk into a church and a ministry and say, well, let me sow division today. Let me find fault and point it out for the sake of breaking it versus, hey, how can I contribute to be part of the solution? Which is what we're made for. We're made to be what? Salt and light. We're made to bring flavor and light, which means darkness cannot live where we go. Not because of us, but, but because of him who shines through us. So watch out for calamity. If you encounter him, love the person, rebuke the spirit, bind it. Do not come in agreement with it. Explain in love and kindness to the person hosting it. I cannot stand in agreement with that. I will not. I will not give it validity. I will not give it attention. I bind it and I cast it out. Not the person. That's cancel culture. Jesus canceled nobody. Now people may choose to walk away from him. That may be called canceling yourself. It's not the person. We must get to a place in America where we can separate the person from what's happening spiritually. Of course, they're engaging in an act, but we can retrain them. And actually, the retraining is easy. Get them to part ways with the spirit. There's, in fact, a spirit that people come into agreement with when they want to sexualize children. A pedophile is, in fact, in agreement with a spirit. A spirit of lust. A spirit of confusion. A spirit of calamity. You remove their agreement with the spirit and you bring them into agreement with holy spirit. Your results look different. You have different fruit. Something God tells us we can measure. Well, when I measure America's fruit right now, it's not good fruit. But she has the potential to produce great fruit. And that's a show for another time. America's real actual identity. Why she's never mentioned in the Bible. Why she was a created by God why this nation exists it was consecrated set apart in fact to walk with God's people and call them home so that the Jew and the Gentile will reunite and serve the king of kings and the rocks will cry out so do not tolerate or come in agreement or carry the spirit of calamity if you've identified through this show that you have Break with it. Pray, break with it, rebuke it, repent to God, ask Him to fill your heart with truth, with the Holy Spirit, the only Spirit you should be in agreement with. And when you experience that Spirit in your organization, you stop it, you speak to the person in loving kindness, 
but you rebuke the spirit. You tell the person you will not tolerate or stand in agreement with that spirit. You will not allow that spirit to come into your organization and sow division and pin people against each other. You cannot afford it because it's destructive. This thing is rampant. It's like a raging fire. You don't give it oxygen. You starve it from oxygen so that it's snuffed out so that the person who carried it can even see the truth and go, wow, I'm liberated. I'm invigorated. I'm not a victim. I have tough times, but I can walk through it. God's given me a path. I don't have to accuse other people for me to feel better about myself, step on them for me to be elevated. I'm in fact not here to be my own keeper. There is in fact a God above all of this that I can surrender to and yield to and see tremendous fruit in my life. Heavy subject matter, maybe a little bit of a stretch for those of you who are bound by the religious spirit. Another spirit. Do you serve God or religion? Let me. You want me to drop a bomb on you? Maybe it's time for Gen Z to worship a little less and read the Word of God a little more so that they learn who they think they're worshiping. Don't worship worship. You worship from a place of gratitude. You worship because you must. Why must you? Because you've had a revelation of how good he is, how great he is, what he did what he has afforded you, what he paid for. And because your revelation is fresh every morning like his grace, you're overcome and overwhelmed by his goodness, so I must sing his praises. I'm not going to worship to feel good. I'm worshiping because I feel good. If that makes sense. So I'm not saying stop worshiping better be sure you know why and you know who you're worshiping maybe you'll experience a different kind of worship maybe your worship will become a prayer and a listening and an encounter and a download and revelation and inspiration and a two-way conversation So, why? Because I want you free. Truly free. Free to do what? Free to make the right choice. The freedom God has afforded us is not for us to be free from Him. Free to do as we will. Free to not answer to anybody. It's the freedom to choose him back because he chose you first. That's power. That's liberating. That's freedom. I've got all this freedom. You mean I can do whatever I want? Yeah, but there's death in that path. Or I can take my freedom and do as you will, Father. And then you produce fruit. And then favor comes. And then healing comes. And then destruction leaves. And unity sets in. And there's momentum. And there's covering. And there's provision. Or 
You're so free that you do whatever you want, and then it's all on your shoulders. And let me tell you something, that is crushing. Crushing, as you well know, because we have all tried to carry it ourselves. Did not work so well, regardless of what calamity is trying to tell you. So, don't partner with calamity. We're calling him out, all pastors, Look for him, snuff him out. Love the people who carry him and help them get set free from him. Uh, it's a real thing in our country. It's a real thing. It's operating. And as far as I can tell, it's predominantly going after Gen Z. So let's help them help themselves. Okay. It's a little, uh, little any given Sunday quote for you there, you football fans who watch a little Tom Cruise movies and Cuba Gooding Jr. Help me help you. So how about we help God help us by surrendering to his will? Because he wants to. Matter of fact, he said it's finished. He already did it. Uh, what an amazing concept that he came and paid one time and it was enough so i want your family free and definitely nazi calamity nazi death and destruction so god bless you thank you so much we're going to have amazing shows next week we're going to talk about migrant children we're going to talk about the lies on the border we're going to talk about who's doing what in this country to destroy it uh, we're going to have some fun times about miracles happening in pakistan uh, with Matthew 10 Ministries, Pete Sulak, Holly Scurry is coming in. Um, we're going to do some amazing things uh, in sport. We're going to discuss things about life where we see the fingerprints of God moving people to do good. Right? Because we don't like calamity. We like victory. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, may I remind you before I go, please drink your Storyville coffee. What in the world are you waiting on? Why would you drink coffee that's roasted over 14 minutes at Starbucks, burnt to smithereens, that it has no flavor? Drink Storyville coffee, number one roaster in America, phenomenal coffee. Go to storyvillecoffee.com, subscribe. Why? Because number one, their slogan is love everybody. They are Christ-centered and they put their money into helping us rescue children from sex trafficking. Could you drink a cup of coffee and thereby save a child? You are drinking coffee. So am I. Storyville and my cup, baby. Get it. Come on. God bless you. Thank you. Talk to you next time.